You're basically John the Baptist for the league. Well, it needs one. It needs a messiah to come after you. You end up beheaded, but, you know, yeah. for, for the good of the game, well, you'd be willing to lay down your life, right? OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. All right, you're welcome along. It is Thursdays off the ball. Nathan with you until 10 o'clock. John Giles with us, as always, on a Thursday for the last couple of weeks. We've been looking back on the great managers of the 60s. Some brilliant insight from John into Don Revy and Matt Busby. And tonight we're looking at the Liverpool legend Bill Shankly. So that coming your way after 9 o'clock. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk over the past couple of weeks about the amount of players leaving the League of Ireland for League One for Italy. And tonight on the show, we're going to talk to Pat Dean, who works with Quorum Sports, who are one of the main agencies involved uh, with the likes of Dawson, Devoy and Promise I'm a Share moving to the UK and we're going to find out from uh, the agent's angle uh, which is never the most popular angle in all of this but uh, Pat's going to join us and tell us uh, whether he thinks uh, the league is getting value for its players so that coming up in a little while and also Live Golf looking at Charles Barkley to join David Feherty on their TV coverage we're going to be talking about Barkley and his influence and his role in American sports TV coverage 53106 is the text number at off the ball on Twitter Richie McCormick good evening Nathan, do you have Pat Dean's contact details there? I might want to have a word with him. You're not happy? <clears throat> no comment. No comment. I know we've signed some good players. Over like the, the Eight players over the course of the summer window. James Clark, the most recent of them. So onwards and upwards, as the man says. Onwards and upwards. Uh, yeah, we recorded it earlier. Joe is with us as well. Evening, Joe. Hey, lads. Uh, does anyone ever have any sympathy? Does anyone ever have a nice word to say about agents? I'm not quite sure they do. Not quite no. sure they do. No. Who's less popular, journalist or agent? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's obviously giving it uh, from his angle and uh, we're looking at a lot of players, some of the best young players in the league going to League One for not a huge amount of money. Uh, his point was that there's very few clubs in League One who would pay a huge amount of money, who would pay more than 100000 in a transfer fee. You might have four or five of them who may look a little bit more than that. Championship clubs aren't looking at the League of Ireland right now. Uh, maybe they will maybe there'll be the odd exception who might get a move to the championship club but generally 100 grand is probably the upper limit the key for League of Ireland clubs are the uh, add-ons and if they move up the Matt Doherty style scenario that benefited Bohemians so greatly that that's where the league will ultimately benefit I did ask him you know if you were offered a three-year deal for one of your players with the League of Ireland club with no release clause would you let them sign it and he sort of made the point probably not like you would have to make the case to the player why what is the benefit to you of doing this so there's no right answers in this is the thing like the league you want the clubs to get the value for the players but if the English clubs don't see the value there and they can't play players like you know what's the top wage in the League of Ireland it seems most players most players at the best clubs are on about a grand a week maybe some of them are on two grand a week are you going to sign a three-year deal for that when the dream is always held out for League One where they can triple your wages instantly? I don't know. It's a, it's a hard sell. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think anyone holds it against the agent for doing his or her best for the player. I mean, clubs will screw players over at the first opportunity. Generally, everybody's looking out for themselves. So uh, they're uh, very necessary. And quite often we're talking about young players who won't be thinking of along the lines of release clauses and uh, you know all the protections that really they, they should be demanding. So um, you know I, I I've no issue at all with agents putting in insulation like that 
for their players. And I said to you guys last week, I, I understand it's tough for the league to feel very much like a selling league at the moment. Mm. And, and, and as to whether they're getting the clubs are getting value for money or not uh, is is debatable. But um, I much prefer this um, this uh, cycle of players coming through and breaking through at League of Ireland clubs and then going over in their early 20s when they're uh, more prepared because it's just a crazy situation for far too long. I mean, back to the days of Giles, who you mentioned getting the boat over as a young teenager, like it was insanity. Uh, so this is far for preferable and we should still be able to populate the league with lots of good players, even if the best continue to go, the cream of the crop still go. There'll still be lots of talent coming through. What would you do, Richie? <laughs> no, it, re- no, really, because like, say Bohemians, yeah. say Bowes offered Dawson Devoy five mm. grand a week on a three-year contract. Like, firstly, mm. is that good business for the club to offer him that? <clears throat> does it does it suddenly mean that if a team wants to come in, they have to pay five hundred grand for Dawson Devoy or a million? Would Dawson Devoy still sign that? Like, you're not yeah. going. Like the pathway is like the Luke McNally pathway is the way now. You go from Pats to Oxford. To Burnley, and then you look at Nathan Collins think, yeah. and think, "Can you go?" Like that seems to be the path now. But like, yeah. how do the clubs? How can the clubs respond <laughs> when like the revenue just isn't there? They don't get any money they from can't. TV revenue. There's no great yeah, they, commercial interest in the league still, unfortunately. So mm. like, there's no, there is no right answer. No, there is none. And un, until there are those revenue streams, that they're always going to be put in a position whereby they're put over a barrel uh, by these agents who are well aware of the prize money that the teams earn. And the teams can earn if they do progress in Europe, if they happen to be in Europe, versus what that would be worth compared to you know transfer fee of a player. So the agents, the agents are clued in here. They know exactly how much uh, these players are worth to the teams in terms of you know what they're going to get versus uh, a league placing or a placing in the FAI Cup or a placing in Europe. So it, it's just like we were talking to um, to Vinny Perth about it a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> and he gave a really good insight in that. Like the agents are, are calling the shots here. Like it's it's 100% an agent's market at the moment. And there's nothing that can be done about that until teams are in a position to have six, 7,000 in the gate everywhere uh, every week and to have a TV deal that's actually worth something and never mind not worth anything and mm. then have to commercial interests on top of that. So all of those houses need to be furnished, first of all, before we get to turn the tide and the agents kind of using this as a, but- as a breeding ground for young players. But lads, when we're talking about the agents, we're talking about the players here. Yeah, like their job so, is to represent I'm, I'm, the I'm player. delighted to hear that the players have good representation and that they're fighting for every cent for their players. And I say good luck to them because the clubs will still be here in 15, 20 years, but the players will be long retired and trying to map out their post-playing career. So absolutely on the side of the agents and the players to get as much as possible. I don't even think it's a debate, really. Yeah, I, but the agents are always like as you mentioned there. Everybody's out for themselves. The agents are one hundred percent purely out for themselves. Like that's like, their that's the their player, business the model. To them. No, it is. Yeah, and they obviously have the clubs over a barrel as well in terms of what they're uh, what they're able to get for players over across in England. Like they're canny people, they're smart people, and they know they're able to take advantage of the league. They are, and listen, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of unscrupulous <clears> agents <throat> who aren't advising their players in the right way. But at the same time, like, I. To be honest, I'm one of these. I don't have a massive issue with Kylian Mbappe getting paid when he gets paid. Like, there's so many players who are screwed over at every level from under 13, 14, 15, 16 who are dumped by clubs that the guys who make it deserve everything that they can get. And even League of Ireland clubs do this. Even League of Ireland clubs let guys go at 16, 17, 18 who think, who've been sold a dream, who think they're going to be a Premier League player, who give up on their education and are left with nothing. So, for the guys who can make it, 
go and make it and take take advantage. And you know, if you need an agent to represent you, who can get you the best possible deal, well, well and good. Yeah, totally, totally. I don't know. I don't like. I don't even think it's a debate. Is is the issue here that the League of Ireland clubs feel they're being mistreated somehow? <clears throat> I think the players are worth more than what they were going for. Danny Mandrew is 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 definitely case in point. But the contract yeah. was arranged as such that. Rovers were never going to get his market value um, at this point in time for him, and didn't. They got thirty grand from Lincoln City, and and in that instance, like it's not even a good move. Like Lincoln are a nothing club in League One. It's just he's going to you know get more money for himself and maybe move up the league, maybe not in terms of application for for him. But but they're a nothing club yeah. whose budget is still far more than Shamrock Rovers. So like the reports were like he tripled his wage by signing for a nothing club in Lincoln and. Again, like the dream is there of Shamrock Rovers and play and maybe qualify for the Europa League or the Conference League. But again, it may go well for Danny Mandrea. Like he's incredibly talented. And next thing he's playing in the Championship and he's probably quadrupling his wages if he's playing in the Championship. So I think maybe we also, we, we are guilty at times of overestimating, like, you know, football is a meritocracy. So if it's only League One clubs who are interested in the League of Ireland, it's because that's the level they see them at. And while well, we look at really, Lincoln like... as a small... Well, how isn't it? Like, the, you know, well, well look, football at, clubs, look at... Like they Look go at, and they uh, find the best players for the best value. But like Crystal Palace have bought from the League of Ireland from Drogheda United in the past twelve months. Blackpool are a championship club and they're gonna snap up Andy Lyons before this transfer window is through. So it's it's like it's not true to say that's just League One clubs that are in for these players. But there the vast majority and like Andy beyond. Andy Lyons has been the best player in the league this year and he's going to a, a championship club. But like you will go to the level. Like there's no there's nothing underhand going on that certain clubs aren't interested for any reason with the League of Ireland like they're going to League One Danny Mandrea is at a League One club because that's the highest level he could go to right now it's not to say he won't go on and kick on from there well a higher level German club were interested in him and saw the contract and saw the escape clause and thought well there's no way that this can be possibly true this is too good to be true and the League One teams are getting too good to be true deals at the moment yeah I I don't know. Again, without seeing the exact contract, I just think like football is that that you end up at your level and you get to the highest possible level and earn as much as you possibly can. And if there's a bit of romance in there for some of them, well and good. But like, it'll be great if Andy Lyons goes to the championship and the Rovers get a, a decent fee and maybe Bowles get a bit out of it as well and everybody benefits. It'd also be great if Andy Lyons stays. Like he was, was out in Tallinn Tuesday night. He was exceptional in the first half. Like he was the key man from where he was in the first few games for Rovers when you were thinking, "Geez, what's going on here?" And it'd be a dire shame for the league and for Rovers if he goes in the middle of a European campaign uh, when there's so much momentum behind him at the moment. But like, that is football at every level. So, listen, we'll talk to Pat Dean. Uh, that's coming up uh, at uh, half past seven, I think. We're going to hear from him. Uh, but listen, it's not, it's not all doom and gloom because we're going to go to Sligo, who are playing in the Europa Conference League qualifiers. They're 1-0 up from the first leg against Motherwell. And we got some good news for you. Alana Kenyon is on the line. Sly Rovers won Motherwell nil here at the showground. The same lady free kick in the second minute. It was a beautiful strike from 25 yards and he slipped it into the top corner to send the showgrounds into an absolute frenzy here. That now marks the score a 2 0 aggregate to John Russell's men, who of course pulled up a 1 0 win away from home last Thursday. That goal there coming from Mullingarman, Aiden Tina. And there was, of course, chances to extend the lead even further there to stand out being a maximum header. And had many calling for a penalty when the ball struck the defender's hand, but it wasn't given. Um, yeah, as they say, 1-0 here, and the team is listed as follows. You've McNeil, Nelson, 
Banks, Blaney, Buckley, Kirk, O'Sullivan, Colley, Moorhead, McDonald, Fitzgerald, um, with no striker keen off top. Motherwell then opted for Kelly McGinn, Daly, Mulgay, Carroll, Fiddle, Slattery, Van Dean, Morris, and Ireland's own Ross Tierney, formerly of Ohio. Um, it's a really lively atmosphere as Motherwell too have brought a big crowd with them and that's kind of aiding to the antics here as I, as you can imagine even in the first minute it was a bit of a delay the same delay getting the ball back in but yeah plenty to come here Sliger Rovers won Motherwell nil Oh yes antics antics at the showground that is exactly what we want so Sligo 1-0 up at 2-0 on aggregate yeah, the free kick from Shane Blaney is absolutely exceptional. He's in line with the angle of the box uh, on the left-hand side, about 25 yards out. He takes it left-footed and swings it into the far top corner, uh, way out of the reach of the Motherwell keeper. It is a brilliant free kick. And Sligo are in absolute control of that tie now, which is uh, just incredible. They could be on the way to the third qualifying round of the conference, which would be outstanding. Long way to go. But by God, they've given themselves a foothold in this tie. We might be making a trip west. We obviously have a strong Bose Mafia uh, in off the ball, and they've been riling up the Sligo Mafia of Alana <laughs> and Arthur and Kathleen McNamee. And Arthur's been getting very frustrated with our coverage of Shamrock Rovers, saying, "Why aren't we down doing? Why aren't we down doing Sligo every week?" And I, I made the false promise. I, I said, if, "If you get through, of course we'll be down there for the full show. So we may have to we may have to make a trip <laughs> next Thursday or the Thursday after, and we'd be delighted to do it." So, Joe, you're coming as well. Absolutely, I'm there. Uh, we will get into the news round. Uh, Richie, where are you starting? Yeah, we'll start at the showgrounds. As Alana mentioned, Sligo 1 0 up through that Shane Blaney free kick. 2 0 on aggregate now. They lead Motherwell and Sligo were unchanged from last week's first leg at Fair Park. Meanwhile, St. Pat's are in Slovenia for their second leg with Mura. The sides level at a goal apiece after the first leg. There's 18 minutes played there. Still goalless. Uh, Saints showing two changes from last week's side. Jamie Lennon and Billy King have both started for Tim Clancy's charges. No goals just yet. And as I say, 1 1 on aggregate. Uh, the news round is brought to you with. Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Uh, so the news broke yesterday about the redevelopment of Daily Mount Park uh, hitting another stumbling block. Uh, Bowles held a press conference today to give further information. They did, yeah. The estimated cost of €52 million, Euro, which is what it had risen to given uh, inflation for the preferred plan, had been judged to be too expensive by Dublin City Council. They're recommending a scaled-back version of that plan or incremental refurbishment on the existing footprint of the stadium. The revised estimated date for completion remains 2026. While inflation and possible recession continue to loom over the project, Bohemian's Chief Operating Officer Daniel Lambert says there is plenty of cause for optimism around the site. Yeah, there's always external factors. So it would be the major recession tomorrow. Could it impact on, upon this? Yeah, absolutely. Is that worth worrying about? Probably not, you know. So I suppose they're just being realistic in terms of like, you know, any project exists with external influences on it. Um, and that's why I think having two options is a really good good idea in terms of getting deciding, right, this was the original plan. This is what it costs. We've paired back on the excess cost. It's now for one club, but it was meant to be for two. And this is an alternative, the, the option two there, where we keep um, daily mount. Um, in its same kind of layout in terms of the pitch, keep one stand and develop the rest and go from there. But um, yeah, and, and the, the line at the end about the LSSAF, that's, that's always been the case, to be fair. You know, from day one, it was never said at any time that the council would do this alone. There was always to be a project that was um, that involved central government and local government and, and, and ourselves and, you know, shelves have been removed, but we'll pay, obviously, the tenancy payment as do Shamrock Rovers or anyone else in the municipal stadium there'll be a cost to Bose and rightly so like we've got to pay our way in the stadium as well so 
it's three or four months since we spoke about this, Joe, with the news came through about Talca Park and I think you made the point strongly of like we just need to go and we need to build uh, facilities and community facilities and more Tala stadiums, more venues where people can go access football easily like it's a sport that has been left behind uh, compared to others uh, for many different reasons and he just listened to that and I know what uh, Daniel Lambert's saying there about recession like it does feel it's <laughs> you know mm. it's something we actually do have to worry about and you would just worry and I'm sure Richie all the Bowls fans are very concerned that like this is just going to be pushed back and like incremental improvements like Daily Man's l- way past incremental improvements well, it's incremental in the, in, in the sense that the Jody would be as it is, and, and it's only the main uh, stand at the moment. That would be redeveloped somewhat, although the outside would remain the same because it's still like there's nothing wrong with the, the shell of that. And there would be a main stand built where the Connacht stand is and is soon to be demolished. Uh, about four or five thousand, then a two thousand terrace uh, to the left of the Jody. As you look onto the pitch, that would be uh, all terracing, as I say, and then it'd be a smaller terrace uh, at the shopping centre end. That is by far, as far as I can see, the most preferable way of, of going about this. It would still mean the Bows have to move out for a year or two. Uh, Dan Lambert said today in the press conference that you know you could try and build piece by piece, but ultimately you'd be completely wasting the massive space that's sitting in the middle of the site to try and get these things done. So um, rather than a new build, twisting the pitch 90 degrees and going from there, I think this solution seems both cheaper and seems a better option in terms of getting atmosphere in the ground. At the core of the issue is the lack of respect that Irish football gets in this country, leading to a lack of an industry here. The Sligo game not being on free-to-air TV tonight is a perfect example. We'll never progress until those at the top move the League of Ireland commercially, which we've been waiting for years to happen, is the text to 53106 from Tom in Cork. Like the Sligo game is on television. It's on Premier Sports. Not everything can be on free-to-air. Uh, I think there's an argument there should be more free-to-air to build up a bit of momentum around the league and you get to know the personalities in that, but yeah, it is on TV, like most, you know, Champions League is now not on free-to-air. Um, well, sorry, Champions League is on free-to-air, but, you know, most of the games are on BT Sport as well and have been pushed behind a paywall. Like, I don't know what the answer is, Joe. It feels like we'll be chatting yeah. about this in 10 years. Like, it is cyclic. Like, the lack of a commercial infrastructure around the league is hugely holding it back. Like, the fact that they're still not any money being paid for television rights is you know a complete outlier with every other league in European football and big business is not getting behind the league No it's um, an ongoing problem isn't it it's a pity in particular that the European games don't find their way onto free to air because I think they are the marquee games in League of Ireland that reach out and grab the floating voter who might necessarily watch the Friday matches across the course of a season but those European runs not least on Dock a couple of years ago, really captured the imagination and even Sligo tonight against Motherwell. That has a certain, you know, lure, I think, where people would stop and have a look at that. And similarly, I know you were at Tallis Stadium oh. the other evening, so... And I'm sure RTE would have shown that, maybe even if it had been at 2-0 yeah. rather than 3-0 and nobody was going yeah. there expecting a miracle. But like, that was one of the best games of football I've gone to see in, in a long, long time. Like, the energy from the crowd, the the attitude that Shamrock Rovers brought to the game it was end to end like you know people go on about quality and levels and all that like it was an exciting match like you couldn't yeah. but have enjoyed it and that's the sort of thing that people look at and go geez I want to go to that I want to see that I want to be involved in it yeah those European nights are the best advertisement I think for the league so um, look I uh, presumably 
those rights are for sale and they've been bought and, and you know, perfectly entitled to be bought. So um, that's just the way it is. But it does feel like missed opportunity, for sure. And you have a couple of other bits of League of Ireland news, Richie. Yeah, Shamrock Rovers uh, themselves have signed Daniel Cleary, the former Dundalk defender, was released by St. Johnson earlier this week. Rovers need defensive cover, of course. Captain Roberto Lopez is out for up to eight weeks with a knee injury. Derry City, meanwhile, have conducted uh, quite a piece of business. They've signed Mark Connolly on a two-and-a-half-year deal. The defender had spent the first half of the season on loan at Dundalk from Dundee United and was only named Player of the Month for June for the league uh, in recent weeks. So a uh, nice signing there for Derry City as they head into their FAI Cup campaign. Uh, it is Thursday of the Galway Festival. Is that still Ladies' Day? Is that? Is that? Did they still call it Ladies' Day? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the it's Tony Martin Train Tudor City was a surprise winner of the Galway Hurdle, the feature race on day four okay. of the Galway Festival. The twenty-two to one shot came home three quarters of a length ahead of the Noel Mead Train Jesse Evans. Pre-race favourite, adamantly chosen, was third from last for trainer Willie Mullins. The Holly Doyle Mount of Nashua won the Nassau Stakes, the highlight on day three of Glorious Goodwood. The short odds favourite came home just two lengths ahead, just under two lengths ahead of forty to one outsider Aristria. Doyle's husband, Tom Markwind, was third aboard Lilac Road. Uh, some transfer news then. Everton, I know their fans, I think, are a bit concerned uh, with what's gone on throughout this window with Richarlison leaving the club and maybe not mm. the quality of players coming in. But uh, Dwight McNeil, looks a good signing. Yeah, Everton have completed their third signing of the summer and their second from Burnley. Dwight McNeil joining the Goodison Park Club for an initial €18 million. Euro. The winger has signed a five-year contract and he links up with former Burnley teammate James Tarkovsky at his new club. He has been given... Charleston's old number seven jersey as well. Uh, Kevin Caban has been all in on Dwight McNeil for a long time. Joe is one of the probably one of the better players in those bottom half of the table teams. Uh, his career has stalled somewhat. He always seemed like a bit of an outlier at Burnley. Like he's a traditional winger in a four four two, and it works. Uh, I sort of felt he was one of those actually. If he went to a, a Tottenham, a top six, he had that sort of quality. Like, going into Everton at the moment is not a club you wish uh, to put upon anybody right now. <laughs> We were talking about this last night because we were um, just touching on Lampard's interview on the pre-season tour at the end of last week where he was incredibly critical of the players. He was talking about like things behind the scenes at the club need to get done. All of it just seemed uh, very stressed, I would say. Uh, a sense of impending relegation dogfight once again. So I think if you're McNeil, who is a good signing, I agree with you, I suspect you're going in there with your eyes wide open because... Everton just has a stench right now of a club at best in stagnation. Mm. Uh, time for a couple of other bits of quick news, Richie. Yeah, uh, the IRFU is to offer professional contracts to 15s players for the first time. According to the Irish Times today, more than 40 contracts will be confirmed for members of the 15s and 7 squads in the coming weeks. Uh, confirmation due to come before Ireland's two-match tour of Japan next month. And Northern Ireland and Arsenal legend Terry Neal has died at the age of 80. Neal guided Arsenal to three FA Cup finals in a row, beating Manchester United in the middle of them in 1979. He also managed his country in a part-time capacity during the 70s and was Bill Nicholson's replacement as manager at Tottenham. Yeah, we'll come back to that news of the professionalism and the women's team over the next couple of weeks because it's something that always sparks a lot of debate. Like, what is professionalism? How much are you going to be paid if you're uh, in college and you're training to become a physio or a doctor? Are you already that? Uh, you know, are you going to be paid enough to cover that? Uh, so the details are still coming out, but we'll definitely get to it over the next couple of weeks. But uh, we are out of time. Joe, thank you. Cheers, lads. Uh, Richie, thank you as well. 
Nice lads. Uh, Rover still 1-0 up on the night and 2-0 up on aggregate against Motherwell in the Europa Conference League qualifier. We keep you up to date on that throughout the evening. But time now for the cash machine. Your chance to win big. News Talks Summer Cash Machine. Paul Gaffney in Limerick was a big winner today when he answered Barry's call. The cash machine has been reloaded tonight and it's a big one with a guaranteed winner tomorrow heading into the bank holiday weekend. The new amount to remember... €25,580.56 takes play to 57557. That's 57557. Get your entry in by 3 o'clock tomorrow. If your phone rings from Barry Dunn, answer it within five rings. Tell him the exact amount and we'll pay you all that cash. Remember, €25,508.56. Over 18s only. Text costs 250 and you can get the terms and conditions on Newstalk.com. The News Round. I'm off the ball. With Gillette, for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.